Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest this week is Anupam Kare. Anupam is the Chief Information Officer of Oshkosh Corporation, nearly $8 billion revenue global industrial manufacturing company based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The company designs and builds specialty trucks and access equipment, such as fire trucks and vehicles for the arms purposes. As Chief Information Officer, Anupam is focused on helping the company grow its top and bottom line and on preparing the company for the future. Prior to joining Oshkosh, he was the Executive Director of Digital Technology at United Technologies. In this interview, Anupam outlines the company's five strategic pillars, which are being people first, running digital technology as a business, modernizing and innovating, building advanced capabilities in analytics and process automation, and securing the organization in a way that reduces friction and makes experiences better for its employees, customers, and partners. We also discuss how the company has been able to recruit new employees, how the team has mixed retraining and bringing in new people externally, how the IT function has rebranded to digital technology to change its perception internally and externally, and a variety of other topics. Anupam Kare, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a great pleasure indeed. Anupam, you are the Chief Information Officer of Oshkosh Corporation, a role you've had for roughly uh, two years now. And Oshkosh is a nearly $8 billion global industrial manufacturing company. Uh, I thought maybe for those who are less familiar with it, I'd give you a moment to describe the business in your own words. Would you do so, please? Yeah, so at Oshkosh, we we design and build some of the industry's uh, toughest uh, specialty trucks and uh, access uh, equipment and uh, and I give example right uh, we design fire uh, uh, fire trucks that respond in emergency situations when you and I are running out of a burning building we create equipment that allows men and women to safely and efficiently work at heights uh, during new building construction that helps communities grow and our team designs and builds vehicles that serve brave men and women in the in the armed forces so that they can perform their missions in uh, harsh terrain. So these are just a few examples. We actually have a 10 leading brands in the Oshkosh family, and our products can be found in more than 150 countries around the world. Uh, our shared purpose here is to making a difference in the lives of others. And But in addition to a shared purpose of making a difference, we are committed to serving our people. We have a strong people-first culture where we focus on engaging, developing, and connecting our team members. We empower our team members to make decisions, and we treat our team members like family. And you may be wondering, can you really win by focusing on our people? And the fact is, yes, like we are a publicly traded company, and for the last 16 physical quarters, we have beat Wall Street expectation. So, so that's what we talk about internally, like we are industrial manufacturer with 100 years of, of uh, uh, history, but we can win by focusing on our people, and that's what we try to do every day. Wonderful. And I wonder if you could take a bit, uh, another moment and talk a bit about your purview as chief information officer. What, what do you oversee? 
Yeah, so I, I first describe my roles and then responsibility. The way uh, my role is is that through application of technology, help Ashkash grow their top line and bottom line, and that's the fundamental. And and the second component of my role is that be a steward of company's future. That means bringing technology inside uh, in our in our uh, uh, basically product portfolio, our, uh, our our processes, so that company is ready for the future. And how do we do? It? That is where our responsibility comes. Uh, I deliver by developing technology strategy, execution, and support of systems that powers this eight billion dollar company. But the foundation, my role here is to make sure that I understand the business strategy and my team understands business strategy and everything is after that technology strategy. So that's in summary my role. That's great. And I know that when you arrived at the organization, the you were pleased actually with the strategy setting process of the rest of the organization. And you went about engaging in your own IT strategy that you just referenced, leveraging the process that the, the company uses. Could you take a moment to describe the process and and also, if you would, a bit of the translation from corporate level strategy into IT strategy. Yeah, so I have been fascinated in my career to uh, run uh, digital technology or information technology as a business. When I arrived here, I noticed the business strategic deployment process. So each of our, our businesses uh, have a we have a standard process, but each of our businesses, what they do is on an annual basis, they look at the the market forces, they understand the competition, they understand the geography, and, and they also understand the customer sentiments. This is a very disciplined process. And when they combine all those things, uh, and then they come up with their each segment uh, voice strategy that how they need to win in, in their respective marketplace based on the, based on the, some of the targets which uh, comes at the, from the board level. So when I saw that process, this is a fantastic like external view and employees view, all views combined, and uh, and and it's just not about a high level process. How detailed and how meticulously this was done. And when I say okay, uh, this is a fantastic. I want to run this as a business. Why not uh, learn from this? So our process became. Uh, kind of uh, exactly same process. What we did is we looked at each of the business units uh, strategy and we found like what are the common themes around each of the each of the businesses. Their approaches may be different, their markets may be different, but their underlying uh, strategies, where are the similarities and where are the differences? And those similarities and differences led us to develop our our strategy. And, and the way we did this strategy is not a corporate level strategy or a business unit level strategy as far as digital technology is concerned. What we did is a, there is a unified strategy for the corporation. And what I mean by that is we collectively, all the digital technology leaders in the business segments and corporate, all of us came together that if we have to help our businesses to grow, what all we need to do. And that led to uh, five elements of uh, our strategy, which you talked about in the CIO.com article. And can you, can you, would you mind highlighting uh, some, of the, some of the salient points from that strategy, some of the things you and the team are driving currently? Yeah, so they, we, we, 
we made it simple. There are five things we are focusing on. The first thing is uh, people first, uh, and that's the company philosophy, and we basically embrace that in our organization. And when we're talking about people first, we're talking about uh, two uh, major elements. Number one element is how do we make sure that all digital technology employees are basically skilled and upskilled? So how do we help them to learn new things or be better with what they are doing? That's one thing. The second element of our people first uh, was that we have a 15,000 team members who are uh, basically use uh, dependent on our services every day to make this company run. So how do we make their experiences frictionless? So that's the two elements of our people first. And within that, there are other elements like we have a strong internship program and what we need to do from a cultural standpoint. So those are the elements in the people first. The second thing we did was uh, run DT as a business. And, and uh, that is where our focus was that value, that entire organization has to focus on value-based prioritization. And this is something which our businesses uh, liked very much and they continue to support. So every project we do, whether it's a hard saving or soft saving, we need to quantify. And based on that, we have to uh, prioritize. So that's the one element. The second element we, we are doing is bringing cost and value transparency. So is a very clear to all of the segment uh, uh, finances and and the business leader that where we are spending money and how they are getting value. So for example, we we were able to say last year that we did X number of projects which generated $40 million of NPV uh, for the company. And that has entirely changed the culture of the company. So value-based prioritization, cost, and value transparency. That's the second element. Third element, we said modernize. I think all of the CIOs and leaders, uh, we are trying to move forward, but we have a legacy to upgrade. So modernization, and this is where we did assessment of our application and infrastructure, both from a technical fitness standpoint and functionalist fitness standpoint. And based on that, we have created a roadmap for next three years that what are the things we need to modernize and what are the investment scenario. And that, that is what we aligned with our CFO and senior leadership. So that was third, modernize and innovate. And the fourth element was uh, building advanced capabilities. And this is where collectively we scanned all the technologies which are coming and what stages they are in the marketplace. But what is relevant in terms of uh, uh, helping our mission of uh, top line and bottom line? So we came up with three technologies which we think from a timing standpoint and organization standpoint are very relevant for us. One is the uh, advanced analytics. The second is robotic process automation. And third is basically digital manufacturing. And this is where we started building uh, the talent. So that is the fourth. And final element is a secure and enable. Cybersecurity is very, very important and uh, for every company. But what we have added a dimension is about enabling. We can be very secure, but we can cause a lot of friction for our our users, our customers, our partners. So how do we balance security while providing a, 
excellent uh, uh, interaction there. And there's so much maturity in the security space from a technology standpoint that this is doable. And and this is what our 15,000 team members are basically liking, that we are we're enhancing the security, but at the same time making their experiences better. So these are the five uh, elements of uh, our strategies. I appreciate that overview. Um, that's that, all great. And I want to kind of dig into a couple of those, please. I, I really like this. You've mentioned a couple of times the, the people first mentality and the advantages of that. Uh, probably an important uh, or, or a, a relevant point uh, in, in the conversation to mention that the company is named after the city that you're in, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where your headquarters is, where, you're, where uh, you are today. And I wonder how um, Oshkosh uh, is, is not a hotbed of technology talent. Uh, how do you find great people? How do you compel them to, to join you in Oshkosh or other places where you have a technology centers uh, in the first place, in addition to the great things that you're talking about in terms of um, making sure that uh, your employees are skilled and upskilled? Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, and uh, at the outset, it uh, feels like the location may be a disadvantage, and that's how I started with that assumption. But what, we, what we're seeing, a couple of things here. Number one, our Oshkosh brand and our People First brand, right? Uh, and if you look at the, our Glassdoor Award and our Forbes Award, the multiple recognitions as a company we have uh, received, that has enhanced the company's brand. And, and what, what I have seen is people want to come to Oshkosh, right? Uh, the second element is, from a technology standpoint, uh, we were honored this year with the CIO 100 award and uh, for innovation, and that has also helped us to attract the technical talent. So that's the number one. The second is we are flexible on location, and uh, flexibility uh, is the key for when when our employees join company. So we are focused on outcome and less on location. So that gives us a uh, flexibility to uh, acquire talent from around the the country. So, like we have employees working for us in Phoenix, in in Washington, and many parts of the U.S. The third third element is, I think, at least uh, in the, in the in this area, people know that we are heavily investing in upskilling and reskilling our employees, and and this is also word of mouth and referral. So we get a lot of candidates based on that. And finally, we have a strong internship uh, program and uh, we have further strengthened it. So these are the four areas uh, uh, we uh, basically how we are attracting and retaining people. Our retention rate uh, is pretty high. People who come here just because this is a very humble company and how we operate, people who come here uh, they just want to work and stay over here. And, and, and I have a one employee who has been with this company for 44 years. And they have, there are many employees with significant track, uh, track record. That's excellent. I also wanted to ask you about running the digital technologies of business, the second strategic pillar you talked about. 
uh, as I understand it, this was a change of philosophy for IT when you arrived, something, an insight that you drew from not only your past experiences as, as a digital leader, but also in drawing in what you saw as a great uh, strategy process. Um, but, I, but I have to imagine it, was, it required a bit of a reorientation as to how IT operated. IT, as you know, of course, is somebody with a, a good amount of experience. IT departments historically have been cost centers. And what the, the primary areas where value was created were, for example, in operational efficiencies and cost savings and automating that which wasn't, uh, you know, man, automating manual processes to, to, to speak very generically here. You were pushing, as you pointed out, no doubt for those same things, continuing to keep your eye on traditional ways in which IT departments add value. But you talk about these, you know, positive, you know, revenue enhancing activities, uh, NPV generating, uh, positive NPV generating ideas that you're putting in place. And I wonder if it was a cultural change for the organization to reorient its its thought process to driving new value, new top line value, in addition to the traditional bottom line value that IT contributes. Yeah, this this was a a, a big uh, cultural change from uh, uh, from IT standpoint. When we look at our stakeholders, right, our stakeholders, the, the, our business presidents run business like this, so they were very excited that. Uh, the the digital technology function is embracing these concepts. Uh, but what it also did for me is uh, anything which we do, we have a parallel in the business. So it's basically our vocabulary is becoming like a business vocabulary, and that is helping in building alignment on the business side at multiple levels. But coming on the on the digital technology or IT function side, it was a change. Uh, it was a change. So what what we did is we had a good uh, change management uh, strategy and a communication strategy. But before we go into that, the the thing is this is not my strategy. And so I would made it very clear this was a collective strategy. So right from the get go, our leaders were developing this strategy that how we need to do, and this created a lot of excitement in our leaders they transmitted that excitement in the team. And to my surprise, I think the organization has uh, embraced it uh, significantly at, at every level because my leaders are enforcing this and living this on an everyday basis. So, so the fact here is, uh, I think leadership, if they are part of creation of a strategy, there is an inherent buy-in but at the same time, if, if we supplement it with the change management and communication strategy, and our communication has been primarily focused on why, right? Why this is the time and why we are doing. And I think we did through all hands meetings, we did through uh, group meetings, we, we run like we have a monthly IT board meeting. We call it IT board meeting for a reason, uh, because we have to think, all DT leaders have to think like a, a board, and that's how we run this. So that's how this has happened, and every day I see and I get excited, and, and I get constantly feedback from my business leadership. And, and you've multiple times now referenced DT, uh, digital technology, I assume is what that, uh, that stands for. Uh, was that a rebranding of IT? Was that something that you undertook? And I'd be interested in just sort of the, I, I can surmise as to, as to why, you, uh, why you chose a new moniker, but maybe you can talk a little bit about that as well. 
Yeah, so uh, I think it was um, in um, in a business, right? Brand matters, and and brand perception matters, right? It's just like in real business, same thing in in our function, right? Brand matters. So our IT function had a traditional perception in the minds of fifteen thousand people that who these guys are and what they do, okay? But we definitely wanted to. Uh, create a different uh, perception in the minds of everybody with whom we interact internally and externally. And uh, and that's where we work with the team that what can be the the better name here. Uh, so, so the fact is, we did not do this in uh, kind of let's change the name. What we did is first one year, uh, do we, like before changing the name, do we have a strategy? Are we executing? Are we demonstrating that we are different from, from the past? And once we realized, and once we validated with our stakeholders, that in their perception, we are becoming different, and that's where we launched the name. So our, our name is probably uh, about 10 months old. Uh, in first 12, 14 months, we kept the same name. So the fact is, um, the brand and perception have to go together and they have to go in, in concert with the substance we deliver. So that's how we have changed. And that brand is definitely helping us in attracting the, in the talent because it is, people feel like in an interview, this is an exciting place to join. Yeah, that makes sense. I also wanted to ask you, I, I'm fascinated by this modernization uh, pillar that you have to your strategy. Uh, it's connected to innovation as well. And I, I, um, I certainly understand the rationale of modernization first, then innovation. One leads to the other, one enables the other. Uh, you mentioned that you have a three-year roadmap for modernization. And I wonder if you could share some details of this, especially given the, the long um, storied history of your company. Uh, it doesn't require 100 years to build up a tremendous amount of technical debt or legacy, frankly, skills, legacy processes that need to be modernized. And I'd be curious um, if you could share some details of the three-year roadmap as to how you think about the waves of change, the changes that you'll enact. So, uh, so definitely, A, uh, we are a, a company like formed through multiple acquisitions 15 years ago. And uh, and that brings technical uh, debt. And the fact that we are uh, uh, we serve different markets and uh, and and different uh, uh, business models. Like one of the segment, we have a very highly customized business with uh, with you call dealers. There are some places where we sell through major resellers. So those are the different models. So that introduces differentiation in applications and infrastructure. But what we did is. We took the the processes, right? Selling, making and delivery, uh, business processes, aftermarket, right? So we took those elements and we said, what are the supporting, uh, what are the supporting uh, applications around these? And and then looking tying it with our business strategy, right? If business wants to grow in one particular area, I need to give that priority. So, so that is one element. The second is in each of the business processes, we did uh, technical and uh, uh, basically uh, functional fitness. Technical fitness was done by our team, and functional fitness was done with the the 
owner of the application, a sponsor of the application. So that's how we did application. On infrastructure side, uh, I think it was a purely straight uh, age-based, right? Uh, we introduced a modernization program. Right now, we're doing desktop uh, transformation from end user experience standpoint, software-defined networking, voice over IP. And uh, so there are multiple uh, streams we are running for modernization. But again, it ties back to uh, what, what business processes we are supporting and how do we prioritize where where the risk points are. So risk basically uh, and functional fitness make the key, key criteria. And we all already aligned it to the business strategy. So funding process became a lot more easier. Very interesting. You also talked about uh, some of the, the new areas, uh, the advanced capabilities uh, centered around three technologies, advanced analytics, uh, robotic process automation, and digital manufacturing. Uh, and you also mentioned this is where you are organizing uh, in terms of building new skills. And I'm curious, um, as you think about the introduction and uh, immersion into these new technologies, to what extent do you see this as retraining existing staff to be able to use uh, and leverage these uh, major technology trends that you, you foresee adding, and probably already adding tremendous value to Oshkosh versus bringing in outside talent? I assume it's probably some combination of the two, but I'd be interested in, in how you think about that balance. Yeah, I, I, I think what, what we... Uh... The, the underlying philosophy, the way we operate is if people are passionate and they, and they are willing to learn, I think anything can be learned. I mean, that's the underlying philosophy we start uh, with, uh, when we think about talent. So, but what we also did is the level of uh, uh, complexity and uh, needed for the job. So, for example, robotic process automation is... Uh, uh, on a scale of technology complexity, the way tools have come up is least complex to learn. And what we saw is uh, four of my employees, they volunteered. They had a background uh, software experience, uh, software development experience, and they said, I want to learn and I want to focus on this area. We, we invested in their training. We are basically... Uh, bringing external expertise for advanced training for them and not only advanced training, experiential learning with them. And so we did not bring any external talent in uh, robotic process automation. When we look at digital manufacturing area, I think there's a technology component and there's a manufacturing. So we created a hybrid team. We brought uh, people who were in manufacturing within our business units and who were passionate about it they bring a lot of uh, manufacturing process expertise. Then we injected some some people from with the technology expertise. So that's the digital manufacturing area. But when it comes to AI and analytics, this is uh, especially data science is a little complex uh, area there. So for basic uh, visualization and reporting, we basically are training our internal employees. We had some. We are. Uh, training more, but when we come to advanced uh, uh, analytics, we hired data scientists, data architect, and uh, and data engineers. And the driver there is uh, we can develop our people, but I think speed matters. 
and and that's where injecting both hybrid is very helpful. It's motivating for employees because they they see now that there's an opportunity and if they learn, um, but at the same time, it is a welcoming place for people coming with advanced skill sets. Yeah, that makes sense. We could, and you know, as you um, as you think about this sort of, I, I, as I was hearing you talk about building advanced capabilities, again, another pillar to your strategy, uh, you know, it's sort of the art of the possible for the rest of the organization. It's you, and I really like the way you framed it too. You talked about identifying those that would add value to the company. Uh, so it's not just sort of playing with any trend, but, but deciphering which of those have the most meaningful impact for the company. My word's not yours, but at least how I saw that translated. And I wonder how do you, um, as you look for the next series of trends, perhaps to to leverage, what what's your process of staying current, of doing that investigation, of thinking about the art of the possible? Yeah. So uh, the the first thing I think uh, if you there are a couple of ways we're doing. And number one, organization and our leaders are uh, are now more sensitive than before that. The pace has changed, and they need to continuously learn. And and they are so we have an individual development plan for our leaders, where we have like each leader is defining each leader and and set of employees defining that what areas they need to get better at. So that's the uh, when there is a personal accountability, then talks about uh, we have uh, we have a multiple external channels through which we learn technology on an individual basis based on their individual goals but we also have we invite uh, external uh, external people here uh, who basically gives us a much broader strategic perspective and i give an example like uh, uh, well this month itself we we are inviting uh, one ai expert to give us the AI in manufacturing, how to think about it. So uh, so those are the ways we are uh, basically creating a learning organization. But our filtration process is always based on, is these are the market technology, uh, what, where the maturity is, and, and we run a process that which of the business goal it may impact. And if it is bleeding edge, we are not focusing right now. And if it doesn't fit, with uh, our uh, any of the business strategy, then we say, okay, put in the bucket list, we'll revisit. Anupam, one of the uh, three technologies that you're focusing on in terms of building advanced capabilities, the third that you mentioned was digital manufacturing. And I can, uh, I can imagine that given the industry that you're in, that is particularly poignant. Uh, it, it is a centerpiece, perhaps, in some ways of, of how you can impact and improve the organization. Can you talk a bit about... Uh, how you see digital manufacturing being realized? Yeah, so the, the first of all, the reason how, how and why we focused on digital manufacturing was the two fundamental drivers. If we see as the U.S. labor force, right, there's a lot of people retiring with 30, 40 years of experience. The second is it is a, a practically fully employed economy. So there is a tremendous labor shortage. And but it's still our ambitions to grow are bigger. So how do we solve this problem? So what we said in the digital manufacturing area before talking about technology, what are the areas we want to impact? And there were three areas, right? 
we said we can improve the safety of our employees in the manufacturing plant. The second, we can improve the quality in a proactive manner through use of data and technologies. And third, we can impact the labor efficiency. So the technology which we are uh, implementing uh, is, uh, is still an early stage. Like for example, wearable device with real-time notification for safety. So if, uh, if one of the employee is uh, making wrong uh, posture, that he, he or she gets an alert, and that creates a, a different uh, safety culture. We're working on uh, network smart tools. We had smart tools in our company, and we are adding more. But how do we network them and take the data from them and, and introduce a proactive element that before defect happens at work, work, one workstation, um, and before we transmit, we address that. We're using visual analytics, right? We're using visual analytics for uh, observing uh, defects, right? So we have uh, we are creating image of what good looks like, and and the multiple shots are bad, and 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 back end uh, comparing through machine learning that what good looks like. We're also looking at in shop floor automated guided vehicles, so for movement of uh, material. And finally, what we're working on is augmented reality. How do we capture the knowledge of so experienced workforce in a way that the new employee, their onboarding becomes easier? And this is where we are using is augmented reality, how to capture their knowledge and it becomes easier. So these are the sum of the ways we are working. And, and the, the good part here is this is not what digital technology function is doing. This is a, such a strong partnership with our operational teams that we together are defining what the future looks like and how we need to work on it. Well, I, Anupam Kare, I thank you so much for a great conversation. It's really been very interesting to understand uh, the impact that you and your team have made to, to Oshkosh in the, in the two years you've been in role. Uh, the way in which you think about planning for the future, some of the specifics of how you're actually sort of seizing that future and bringing it to reality. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me next week when my guest will be Vijay Sankaran, the Chief Information Officer of TD Ameritrade.